my co-host Karen McAvoy and you're listening to the Girl Get Your Shit Together podcast where we talk about picking up the pieces when shit falls apart. Um, and I'm really excited because we're going to talk about uh, patterns and self-sabotaging behavior. And I was telling my mom, like, this is not going to be a fun day. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, we're fun things to talk about. Mm-mm. I was like, we're really like digging in deep here in episode, <laughs> what, like three? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. It's getting real, oh. real fast. Yeah, that's like the whole thing of this podcast, though, is it's like, no, we don't hold back. No, no, we don't. It is pretty real. Yeah, it's getting really real pretty fast. And talking about self-destructive patterns is is vulnerable. It's, it is really vulnerable because it's unavoidable. And we often don't know we're doing it until we see the mess behind us. At least that is the way it works for me. I don't know how it works for you, but. I used to call myself like the queen of self-sabotage. Mm. And um, it's interesting now because I could see, like, I'm, you know, I'm in my early 30s. I can see all the self-sabotaging I did when I was in my 20s. And I'm like, oh, I still wake up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, why did I do that when I was 24? Like, you know, um, but it's it's funny because I would joke about it, knowing that I did it and not knowing how to do anything about it to change it. Mm-hmm. So but it is really vulnerable. So how did you, okay. So how did you recognize or how do you recognize when you're self-sabotaging? What's usually the first tip off or clues that you start to get? Um, okay. So if there's something that I'm not like addressing, um, a couple of things can happen. I go into like, a I don't want to do anything. I get really like depressed, but it's not like a normal depression. It's just being fixated on something else that I know is not like what I should be doing. So like video games or, you know, something like that. And I, I procrastinate, but it's not like procrastination. It's like, I don't know, overwhelm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But even that's not really like self-sabotage. That's just kind of me. Um, Self-sabotage is like uh, drinking, I used to drink a lot to like not deal with anything Mm -hmm. Um, or like I'll get a really big job opportunity and I'll be like, but I'm going to go hang out with my friends. And so I don't take it seriously. I did that a lot when I was in my twenties. I was, it was not a consequence for me to like skip work, even though it definitely was. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. How do you, yeah, you sort of see yourself bouncing along, kind of bouncing out of life when you're not doing well. It's interesting because I, I tend, mine tend to be more relational. I tend to, I tend to do something that's unhealthy relationally. Um, and I often don't know it. And I, and I usually, I usually have a self kind of self-congratulatory view of whatever's happening. So I think that I'm doing, I think that I'm doing the right thing or the noble thing or the good thing. And then I don't realize that what I'm doing is the fearful thing, you know, that I'm responding out of trying to keep things up or safe or keep people from being mad or keep from being alone or, or yeah, I do something that's very fear-based and I don't recognize the fact that I think I'm doing really smart and I don't recognize the fact that I'm the one actually fucking it up. So. Oh yeah. yeah. I used to do that in relationships. Um, Okay, so I would be so scared that it was going to end that I would either push them and be like, see, you can't handle me. You don't want to be with me. Like, just push and push and push and push until like, 
they didn't really have any choice but to dump my crazy butt but then like um or I'll I'll break up with them and be like you're gonna leave me eventually like things could be perfect I can remember coming home in my last relationship we went out got sushi went on a date like came back it was perfect and then I went home and I was like I don't think I can see you anymore we should break up wow he's like where is this coming from and I was like I don't know I just have this feeling and like this is too good I can't do that's what it is it's Mm -hmm. like it's not self-sabotage for me doesn't come in when it's when things are going bad it's when Mm -hmm. things are going good and I get scared of I don't know succeeding um I get scared of actually having a good relationship yeah um you know it's weird it's like it feels so good it's like I either don't deserve this or it's definitely not going to last you know Mm -hmm. so then you end it to get ahead of the heartbreak that you think is coming yeah exactly yeah 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 oh yeah yeah and what I do is I and I do like to end things first too I'm embarrassed (laughs) to say I do tend to flee I'm good at that and I tend to end it when I think that yeah mine's more I think that they're going to hurt me really bad or I think that they're going to not like me or accept me or there's that there's something coming it's not that it's too good that part doesn't scare me so much Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of something they're going to find out about me that's flawed and that, and I can't, I can't bear them thinking that about me. In fact, I had this big epiphany today, this big epiphany. Let's see if I can remember it exactly how it went. It was about perfectionism and the perfectionism essentially is saying, this is what my, my thought was this morning is to say, I'm not okay the way I am. So I have to present the most perfect version out there in order for you to think that I'm I'm good enough because me in myself isn't sufficient enough. Oh, I've definitely felt that. Ooh, and I think, yeah. I think that's like the, so it's not that, you know, things are too good. So I have to end it or whatever. It's more of like a, I'm falling for this person. I want to be with this person, but inevitably they're not going to want to be with me or something like that. And I think that that's like, it is, it's all fear-based. And I have still have that too, where it's like, they're going to eventually get to know me or the big one for me for the longest time, especially after I had my second child was they're going to see me naked. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be like, no, no, thank you. Like it. And I was, so I got to get out before that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like what guy has been in a room with a naked girl and been like, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't happen but 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 we're fed a lot we're fed a lot of information from the moment pretty much from the moment we enter the world that says that a woman should look like this oh yeah and and none of us can I certainly have never even in my best moments and I have a feeling that if I actually went back and knew what I look like at 18 I bet I was damn hot Right. Seriously, I had curves that went, I mean, you know, I think I was probably very gorgeous and I wasn't aware of it. Didn't, didn't even was, I was totally unaware of it. So, but, but I always have felt like there's something wrong. My, my thighs were too big or my arms are too large, or I don't have big enough chest. Although now once I had kids, I had, you know, then I was too large. I, I always felt like there's something wrong or I have cellulite in the wrong spots or but what we failed, but, and then we end up, I, for me anyway, I think that that then gives a person for an out. 
that once he sees those things, he's he's gone. He won't. But I forget that he feels flawed too. You know, we don't yeah. remember that part. I well, I totally forget. You know that other people have insecurities as well. Because like that was the biggest thing. Um, I mean, when I was in high school or whatever, like Paris Hilton was like the most famous person, and she's like the skinniest person ever. So I felt really chunky and out of place in high school. And now I, well, yeah, this is me. If you don't like me, like <laughs> goodbye, you know, but I've never felt that way. I think it takes a long time to come into that. And even feeling like I'm okay in my body doesn't mean I necessarily like want to wear a swimsuit, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't mean, you know, so I have all of those things, but one thing I have learned is, you know, I'm not the only insecure person. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm also not the only person who acts out of fear. And so it's kind of like getting over by acknowledging that this happens. It's kind of helped me kind of move past it. I think right. a little bit. Right. It, yeah. And I, I'm, I continue to always work at it. And I, I think that's the other thing that's, I think many of us forget is we look at people and think, oh, they have it all together. No, <laughs> no, I do not. I do way do not have it all together. I have very insecure person and I have a lot of stuff that I'm still trying to heal, but I bet you people looking at me wouldn't know that. And I know that I look at a lot of people and the more successful they are, the more I think, oh yeah, they have all their shit together. And yet I know when you've gotten to know them, that's not how they feel. I mean, that's one thing I really like about Brene Brown on her Unlocking Us as, and also her one on a leadership is that she regularly brings in her insecurities. You know, here's a person that has, you know, millions of followers and millions of listeners and that she's she's readily admitting where she's falling down. And I appreciate that because it helps me to remember it's OK to fall down, too. So, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, it's it's tough. And, and I grew up in the era of Farrah Fawcett. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, good with that. Every boy my age, I'm sure, had him had a picture of her in that red swimsuit tacked to their wall. No doubt. No doubt. So, I mean, well, back then it was like now we have Photoshop and plastic surgery, but I mean, back then that was just genetics. Like, okay, you're, you're lucky. That's cool. This is what God gave me, and you know, I'll work on it. You right, know, right. <laughs> like, right. Right. But it's just, it's, it's comparison. You know, you're, when you were talking about like, you know, somebody looks like they have their shit together or whatever. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, I'm so like that person. I want to be like that person. They have their stuff together and then they get drunk and unload about how they don't really have their shit together. People say that all to me all the time. Yeah. Like you girl, you got your shit together. It's like, <laughs> no, like not at all. Well, it looks, it looks good, but no. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that will ever happen? Do you think you'll get to a place no. and say, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that actually happens. I think for me, this is going to be always a evolution. I'm always going to be evolving into a better self. Um, okay. So yeah, I think there are times where, um, you have parts of your shit together, parts of your life. Like it's like, um, I've heard it referred to as a triangle. So it's like your work, your personal life and your relationships or your work and your family and your love life or whatever. And it's like, you can have two, but you can't have three. Mm. And I think there's always going to be a part of your life that you're working on but that's human nature that's self-evolution like I would never want to be like okay I'm done like this is the best I can be I'm not going to involve evolve or grow at all like because then what's the point right 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 yeah in fact I I um have found I have two thoughts that I'm thinking as I'm listening to you one is how much I have appreciated the transparency of other people 
and mm -hmm. and when I see them on Instagram or I see them on TikTok or whatever, and there's all this a message of body positivity, which for me is where a lot of my insecurities is, is around my looks. Am I pretty mm -hmm. enough, thin enough, whatever? And um and and yeah, and so that's helped. I wonder, do you think that's helped you as well? feel more accepting towards yourself. For example, in the mail, believe it or not, and I've never worn one in my entire life, is a bikini. And it's not oh, a skinny one. It's not a skinny one. It's for one for plus size women like myself. But I have never worn a two-piece in my life. Um, okay, yeah. So the nature of body positivity as a whole, um, I think has really kind of made me love my body more. Um, for sure. Or it made it almost so that like I had permission to mm -hmm. like myself with curves um, as much as I hate the media and all this stuff. But the Kardashians being the most famous family in the world is not a bad thing, especially because not a single one of them is a size two. Yeah, you know, true. they're all super big curvy women. But um, yeah, like uh, there's a couple of memes that I saved on my phone recently because I'm I'm not in swimsuit shape, but I too bought a swimsuit. And so, um, uh, and it's a bikini too. And I, there's two memes. Um, one is uh, a bikini body is a body with a bikini, which I firmly believe. And um, my, the, my summer body looks just like this, but with a man on top. Like, and I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, really, that's all I want. You know? I love it. No. no. Do I want to be healthier and more active? Yes. I want to be able to play with my kids well into my fifties. I want to, I'm kind of mid-sized right now, um, which sucks when you go shopping because they have regular size and plus size. And I'm like smack dab in the middle. Like, where do I find clothes? Right. Um, but it's not, I don't feel any pressure anymore. Like after I had Emmy, so she just turned two, I felt a lot of pressure. And I think it was because I was in a relationship. Mm. I felt a lot of pressure to lose the baby weight fast. Um, and also because I had been like, before that I was like 150 pounds, which is like 70 pounds smaller than I am now. And so I, I was like, oh, I need to get back to that because that's when I wore a bikini for the first time. Mm -hmm. And this year I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna buy a swimsuit. Like, I don't care. I have pale legs and cellulite everywhere and I just do not care anymore. Like I'm going with my kids to the pool. <laughs> like whatever right, right, <laughs> so. right, right and and I don't know if this has happened to you I have a feeling it has because I think it's happened to a lot of us but have you been cheated on and in what degree has that <laughs> impacted your self-esteem um yes I've been cheated on a lot um and that so that has impacted my self-esteem and actually created more like bad unhealthy patterns so like I was cheated on or broken up with. Um, and that was what fueled my first round of like dramatic weight loss, mm -hmm. but it was really unhealthy. I was basically not eating and working out constantly. Um, I didn't drink any water. I drank caffeine only cause it makes your metabolism go faster. And like, so the cheating really fueled these like really bad, unhealthy obsessions mm -hmm. and that really affected me and my self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Cause at one point I was like, Oh, you know, I, I feel really good. Like, and this person really, you know, loves me, whatever. And obviously, you know, cheating just makes you feel like you're not enough. Like yeah. you're not enough. Yeah. Like 
if you want to be with somebody else, you want to be promiscuous, you want to even be ethically non-monogamous. Yeah. Cool. Have a, have a conversation about it, you know, and, but that's a bad habit that I used to have. Um, when I was younger and I was really struggling with my sexuality and trying to figure out if I liked girls or I like boys, spoiler alert, I like both, but, um, I would date a girl and then I'd cheat on her with a guy. And then I date a, a guy and I'd cheat on him with a girl. And it was like this really confusing time that created these like toxic bad habits. So I've been on both sides of the spectrum. They both suck. <laughs> you like, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just, yeah, it, I mean, you've been cheated on. So yeah, like, yeah, I mean, in my first marriage was he, he it would never was even anything he would cross his mind. Um, he was somebody actually, I, I knew that whatever he said, I could, I could bank on it. I could actually, mm-hmm. I could for sure, for sure bank on it. And, and I like that. That was the first time I had that kind of um, safety, that kind of predictability. Um, you know, if he loved me perfectly, no, I don't think he loved me perfectly, but I, I do. But the, that was an amazing part of the relationship is I never once ever worried about him being with anybody else. Um, but yeah, the, when, when I discovered the second person cheated and he was like rampant, I mean, nonstop, constant cheating. But when I discovered it and, and then I found out who it was with, I mean, a lot of them were, most of them were like 20, 30 years, my junior. Um, it, yeah, it was soul crushing. I mean, I am right now finishing the memoir about that. And so I've been really doing a lot of processing about it. And I know that I'm having to work out more insecurities more bigger questions about me and my self-worth and who i am and and my lovability um because what it did it didn't make those things appear for the first time but what it did do is it took what already was kind of shaky or not really healthy or not doing you know wasn't in a great spot and it like accentuated it so now i feel like i'm um yeah, I feel I feel more kind of vulnerable, more fragile around those things. And that's what I'm doing a lot of hard work around is trying to get those things back. So I'm doing something and it starts tonight. This is a first for the next six weeks. I'm doing this, um, This it's not actually like dating to meet people, but it's a, it's a group for people who are dating who wanna kind of heal around their attachment, the way that they react and respond to people because, because we do tend to react out of fear. So it's gonna look at my, my attachment style and then help me begin to do some healing, deliberate healing on the way, back to that three spoke idea you're talking about. So I'm really trying to work hard on the relationship piece because I'm realizing I need to really get some shit together on that. That I'm, in some ways I'm, I'm better than I've ever been in my life and I love who I've become, but this piece, I'm, I really feel an urgent desperation to get better to where I can feel more confident and I don't respond so fearfully. So, so that's, yeah, it's, it's rough. In fact, last night I was taking notes because as, as I was said, I've been working on this memoir. And one of the things I was talking to another writer who's also writing about her kind of marital experience and, she, you know, her and I both were commiserating about how often people got mad at us when they read our stories about why didn't you do more? Why did you put up with all this shit? You know, are you really weak? Here you're you're so professional. Why would you stay so long? Why did you give him so many leeways? And so last night, I actually, in fact, I think it's like nearly 500 words. I mean, this is how big this thing got of all the things that happen that keep you stuck. You know, the things that you start to doubt or disbelieve or get fearful around that keep you staying in something very toxic like that. 
Yeah. And I think honestly, I think a lot of bad habits, bad, like self-sabotaging kind of habits stem out of something that has happened. So like, or, you know, if you take me being, you know, a serial cheater, well, that stemmed out of me coming, you know, growing up in an environment where I wasn't allowed to express that I could be sexually different. Mm. You know, I grew up in a very conservative Christian family. And so, you know, I didn't want to be that disappointment or anything like that. And I, you know, it was wrong, just yeah. flat out. It was wrong. Yeah. Um, but you're making a good point is that it was based on fear. You weren't doing it because, oh, I just want to really fuck up somebody else's life. You were doing it because I, you're saying I'm scared shitless. Am I enough? Am I lovable? I don't even know who I am. And then you do, you do it. So being on both sides, you know, it, cheating comes out of a fear, not for everybody. And this is not an excuse to cheat, but then, you know, when you cheat on somebody and then it kind of creates a fear or an insecurity in them as well. And then I feel like that fuels a lot of bad habits. Not every bad habit. Self-sabotage really comes out of, out of fear. Like I've had fear of success. And so I'll just throw it away. You know, I'll let myself off the hook basically. Um, I, and it's been really a really big struggle to not self-sabotage, especially like in my current situation. I feel like I'm in the best place I've been work, business, all of that stuff. And so I'll use that as a, well, I'm doing really well. I can take a day off or I'm doing, you know, the worst is like when I'm sober. Um, and I, I don't think that I am an alcoholic. Um, I guess every alcoholic probably says that, but I really don't feel, I feel like I probably was, um, but like, I'll, I'll be fine. And then, uh, this just happened. Um, you know, when I was hanging out with some friends, when I went up to Iowa to look at my house and, um, I was like, I never drink, I never get to go out. I never get to do anything. So then I drank, but then I drank too much and suffered for it for like three days, believe me. But it was just like, then it was just, I will, I keep going to this thing where I'm like embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I didn't know where my line was. And I feel like it was a little bit of like a, you're doing so good, but that's how self-sabotage starts. Yeah. Like you're doing so good. And then you're like, so I can, you know, have a drink or two. And then, but then the line, not knowing where the line is, has always been my problem. Right. And yeah, there was no line. <laughs> well, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. And I'm doing, I've been, I've been watching what I've been eating. I've been um, counting macros and counting calories and stuff. And it is when you have a really good day or you get on the scale and you see success, it's easy to say, oh, I get to reward myself. Let's go do what got me in the position to do it. Be like this in the first place. Instead, <laughs> no, no, I used no, no. to reward myself with food. That is a fucking bad habit. Yeah. Like that is a bad habit to start. And it starts when you're young. Yeah. Like one of the things I read when I was trying to potty train Graham was give him a piece of candy. And I'm like, no. I don't want him to have the same messed up food relationship that I do. And he's right. going to think, oh, this is how I reward myself. I get candy. Right. Like, no, that's how right. it starts. Or, or the other thing that we do that's just equally as bad is, oh, honey, you're crying and it's a hat. You just got hurt down. Here is an ice cream. Why, what, why are we feeding them food to soothe their, their, you know, owies and their boo-boos? And then we turn around and we're surprised. Yeah. And in fact, the mentality that you were thinking of, and I, I, I understand that I fight it too, is that when you end up feeling really good, like you've somehow deserved something, 
like you've earned it. And then you go ahead and you do something that's self-sabotaging as a way to reward yourself for doing something good. Instead of seeing that it's all this hard work, this consistent, disciplined, determined, persevering hard work that got you to be where you're at and it, you need to keep it going in order to get the next place that you want to go to. But we forget that and we do what didn't work again. And it, I you know, now that I say that, it's like, why do I ever think that's a good idea? How do I fall prey to this stupidity? Because that's what it is, you know? It really, it really is. Um, but it's, it's, you're fighting against the way our brain works. Yeah. I mean, and I will fully admit that I am a part of the generation that went to a peewee's, you know, baseball game or whatever, and we got a participation trophy. Yeah. And no, you don't get a trophy. You don't get a reward for doing the shit that you're supposed to do. Yeah. It's hands down. Like, Amen. Preach it. it. You were on the team. You were supposed to show up. You don't get anything special for that. Yeah. Um. You know. And but I think that's the mentality that we grew up in, or I grew up in, and my parents. You know, the school. Everybody wanted to give a kid. Every every kid should get a trophy. That's fair. No, that's not fair, and that's yeah. not life. Yeah. But especially not for just showing up and doing the shit that you're supposed to do. Like, should I reward myself with a day off? for working for one day? No, that's yeah. self-sabotage. Like that is sabotage. Like that is a bad behavior. And I just don't, sorry, I'm getting all heated. No, but like no, I just I, don't I, get it. And I don't want to raise my kids that way. And I, I have to fight against that every day, Yeah, you know? And so why would I want to make things harder for my kids when I know that this is what I struggle with? I struggle with rewarding myself for doing the most mundane shit that I'm supposed to do, like, you know, my job. Yeah, yeah. So. And interestingly enough, I'm the generation that raised your generation. <laughs> my kids are millennials. And I, I know what the pressure was as a parent. And we were responding. And this is what I fight again. I fight on the opposite end because I was raised in the, gen you know, gen two generations before that who shamed us for everything and who then had the saying, you don't want to get a big head. So everything that we did, we were under this evaluation of whether or not we were being self, too self-aggrandizing. And if we were, then that was shamed. You weren't to think better of yourself than anybody else. We were regularly reminded about that. So I have a fear of failure mm -hmm. and how then it affects me. And I think if you look up my life up till now, I generally don't take big risks. I take conservative risks that I know that I can for sure do because then I don't look stupid. And I, so I don't leap out and then do something I can't do and have to face everybody's like, I told you so, or that I then if I do it and it does work out, then I don't know what to do because I can't talk about it because if I talk about it, that's getting a big heck. So yeah. it becomes this kind of like tight bind that you're in that makes you makes me unable to take these do these really really big things and so what did we do we turned around and told you that you were perfect for showing up exactly and so and when i started better it's the opposite no. problem it neither end works neither ends good or functional and yeah there was too much auto correcting in between generations for sure right so it's like my mom is is um about the same age as you yeah and it goes down to um her mom didn't hug her so she didn't really hug me so now i probably over smother my children just a little <laughs> bit you know it's that course correcting that we kind yeah. of feel like we need to do but the big thing is is just to find a freaking balance yeah. right like yeah. And to celebrate like 
the big things or the real things and not to use something that is a bad behavior as some sort of, you know, reward. So I told myself that if I got down to my goal weight, that I was going to go get a new tattoo. I have money for a tattoo. I want a new tattoo and it's not hurting anybody or me. Well, I mean, it'll hurt, but you know, so right, 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 right. And I'm kind of like, but that uh, before it would have been like, well, then I'm going to go out to like a fancy dinner or something, you right. know, and, and treat myself. And no, right. I right. used to do that when I made money too. I'd make money and I'd make, you know, not even like a big amount of money. And instead of paying a bill, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go treat myself. And then I'd be broken in the same exact position I was before I made that money. Mm. bad habits. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was in it. I think that takes both of us. How are we, how are we breaking out of that? Because obviously if you continue it, we'll never get anywhere. And I don't want to get nowhere. I want to get somewhere. So what have been some things that you've been doing that helps you not self-sabotage with your fear of success? And then I can talk about maybe what I'm trying to do not to sabotage myself with fear of failure thoughts um okay yeah well it's hard because it's, it's hard for me to to define a fear of success and so a lot of times I just tell me I haven't reached that level yet and if I meet a goal so like you know working from home successfully okay then then I have a new goal you know yeah. and so if I'm always striving for something that's a bigger than I have then I technically haven't succeeded yet. And that kind of keeps my fear of success at bay. You okay. know, success is really how you define it. That's true. Um, you know, but I, I actually really, when it comes to feel a fear of success, I think a lot of it is a fear of money and reading um, Jen Sincero's book, you're a badass with money or making money really changed my whole mentality um because I was poor growing up and people who had money you know had problems or they were bad people or whatever and so I was almost it's not really a fear of success it's a fear of money mm. kind of and so I really had to change my mindset of no I need money I I want money but you're taught not to want money because then you're greedy but I want money and I used to say it was almost my mantra when I started this business was I'm doing this to make money. And I would tell that to my clients. I would tell that to my students. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to say that you write for the money. Right. Because that's a huge, a huge, you know, bad thing. You're a right. sellout if you do that or whatever. And no, that's me admitting that I want the universe to shine down on me and see all the hard work that I'm doing. You know, you do another thing and I don't think you're fully aware that you're doing it. That's really, really helpful. And that is whenever something happens and you have a consequence to it, or it didn't go as you expected, or like take this weekend when you went out with friends, I <laughs> more than once talk about it. First of all, you did several things. You're not ashamed. Maybe you feel a little embarrassed, but you're not, you're not so bad. Like you're hiding it. You know, shame is when we feel like we can't even say it out loud. It's so toxic. It's so right. controlling. You've been able to talk about it, even laugh about it. You've also said, hey, I don't like the way it affected my efficiencies and proficiency. I didn't get as much done as I wanted. And, and you also had some self-observation of, oh, and this is how it happened. And you know what? That's not really the best thinking. I don't really want to fall into that again. And you know what? I know you well enough to know you won't. Yeah. You do a little bit, or you know, but it won't be like all out like that. You see what I'm saying? It'll be different. You'll, mm -hmm. you'll try something different. 
And that's what I really love about you. I'm not for sure maybe it was there before I met you because I only know this you, but right. You know, because the you you described before, I'm not for sure she could have done that. But what I love is you've been able to be what is called introspective. And I think the power, real power, is the ability to look at ourselves honestly without flinching. Mm. And it's probably one of the toughest things we could ever do, ever, ever do, because there's so much potential shame. It's very true. Like, I, um, I, embrace the good and the bad that was me over the last two decades and I have never been able to do that um you know I I will always refer to the throwing the brick through the window incident as like this is your low point whatever and I used to be so ashamed of that I was so ashamed that people thought that I was trash or whatever it's like no people make mistakes I took responsibility for that and you know you move on yeah and I and that's what but looking into who I am now is probably yeah probably the biggest reason that I think that I'm successful or getting better is because I I look at myself with complete honesty and I'm like this is what I do yeah you might need to change it (laughs) but it gives you even if you're not ready for this it gives you the opportunity for a course correction we can't course correct if we can't see what we've been doing And so that's, to me, is the first start to say, hmm, you know, maybe this didn't go the way that I wanted. Maybe I wasn't in the the most perfect spot. Maybe I overdid something. Um, And then to be able to say, what was it? And tolerate the uncomfortableness of looking at that so that you can then say, okay, so how do, how do I want to do this in a way that maybe doesn't get me in the same place? And it's, I'm not talking about being judgmental or being mean or saying that you're awful. I'm just saying to hold enough patience and love for yourself to give you the control to course correct. And that's tricky. And not oh, a lot of is. us, not a lot of us learn how to do that very well. And I'm still, learning. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's tricky. It's really hard. There's, you know, there's a lot of time where I've spent just by myself, even in relationships and stuff like that. I've, I spend a lot of time by myself. And before I was always really afraid to do that. Like I did not want to look back at what I had done. I was ashamed and everything like that. But you really just have to understand if you did something wrong, you're never going to be able to fix the issue if you're not honest about who you really are. Yeah. Like I... I had to be honest about the kind of person I am in a relationship. I had to be honest about the kind of, you know, what I'm looking for in a partner, all these different things that I used to not be honest about because I was afraid that they were unattainable. Nobody would want to, nobody would want that. Nobody would want to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, like the situation I'm in now is like a, could, could potentially be, you know, like a casual dating thing, but I had never, ever told somebody like, I want to see you, maybe date you, but I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a person that's in my space all the time. Like I, I want to be very independent. And I was always afraid that if I was that person that nobody would want to be with me. Right. And so, you know, it's, if I wouldn't have looked in and been like, this is what I really want, or this is what I've really done. And I, these are why I have to change this. Then yeah, there, then I, you just continue the self-sabotaging behavior because you don't even understand why you're doing the shit you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I think it's a superpower, honestly. I think it's, <laughs> it is. It's, it's a superpower for every, that everyone can learn to have. 
but it takes enormous patience with ourselves. And one of the things I think we are under the lie, and that is if people, if we were authentically ourselves, we're not lovable, that if people really knew our quirkiness or our weirdness and, and even the places that were less imperfect, that somehow that we're less lovable. No, we're more lovable because we're more uniquely ourselves. What makes us a pain in the ass and unlikable is when we do all the things to hide that. We do all this jerking and, and, and pushing and pulling and grasping and being needy that drives people nuts because of the fear of them seeing us. But seeing us isn't where they're going to be turned away. It's what we do to hide it that turns people away. But we don't know. It's like a paradox. It doesn't feel that way. It feels the more that I'm more myself, the more scared I get, but yet I'm more appealing. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to do that. It's so... That's what, and that's what I'm really trying to work on too, is to come to the place where I can know that being myself exactly the way I am is, is lovely. But I know right now I have a hard time believing that it's easier to act out around it. And yet that's what messes my life up. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I, when I moved to a small town and I was looking for a boyfriend, I, you know, I came from, I had a shaved head. I came from like the big city, you know, and I completely changed my persona into this person that like really liked to go. I do like to go fishing, but I didn't then, you know, like I wasn't outdoorsy. I wasn't, you know, into fishing and hunting and all of that stuff. And um, I, I, but I didn't think I'd get a boyfriend. Mm. So I changed into something, you know, that wasn't who I was. And obviously nothing worked out up until then. And it isn't until like now that I'm like authentic and just bearing myself out um, with no shame that I'm actually connecting with people that, you know, give a shit. Right. Right. <laughs> and right. nobody can really understand and love the true you until one you do. And I know that sounds corny, but it's true because you're not presenting your true self to people if you don't know who that is. Right. 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 And oh, that's yeah. a. <laughs> and that's a bad habit, you know, yeah. you know, morphing into what you think a partner wants, um, oh or God. what you need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that is just, it just happens and you don't even really notice it. Sometimes. I know. I hate that. I hate it. So like, no, I don't like sports, but well, maybe not all. I mean, like already there, I'm moving, I'm moving. <laughs> It, it, there's a difference between like, okay, I don't really like football, but you do. So I'll sit on the couch and watch it with you yes. and being like, oh my God, I want to go to every game with you. Exactly. Like, that's the exactly. girlfriend I used to be. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I know. Or, I know. I know. And there's a, there's a bad habit that stems out of like the anxiety of like couples can't do things separately. Yeah. I used to think that all the time, like, no, you can't like, I love fishing. I'll go fishing with you. Even though I really didn't even know how to cast a line you know because I didn't want him to go do something without me screw that I want to do shit by myself now like I feel like you know you have to figure out that there's I don't know just space yeah. for you to be you and space for them to be them exactly and and that because what I used to do the same thing but what I was really doing it was that I was trying to make sure that he didn't fall in love with something more than he loved me so I didn't want anything to compete with me. So if I was there, then I could control that and make sure I was a part of the equation or I didn't trust him. And it was my yeah. way of making sure I was keeping my thumb on him in order to keep myself safe because he wasn't safe. And that's a bad habit too, because like I would take 
you know, this person cheated on me and I would carry that into the next relationship. And when somebody had given me no reason not to trust them, I was, you know, going through phones and tracking people down and doing all this shit. Like now I, I, if, if somebody cheats now, I know enough about having been cheated on and, and cheating that it really probably doesn't have anything to do with me at this point, you know, but you have to understand that, I guess, you know, sometimes infidelity comes from boredom or opportunity or, you know, that person maybe isn't that into it. Um, and that doesn't mean that you're a shitty person to be with, you know, kind of just means they're a shitty person, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, someone said to me, it was really powerful. I heard this last week. They said, you need to always make the most authentic move in a relationship that truly reflects you. And part of it is, is that you're okay and can survive if you lose the relationship because you won't lose you, that you're okay with you, that you're always, always okay with you. And when you do that, then they said you move from a position of freedom and and being centered and not afraid to be authentically you. And I just love that. I thought that that actually has changed me. So late since then, whatever I do, I say, what would be fun for me? What would be an expression of me instead of what does this mean? What are they what are they not saying? I mean, I'm trying not to go to these other places, but just to sort of stay stay with myself and enjoy myself and let all of the rest of it take care of itself. It's been mm-hmm. so freeing, really it's been freeing. <laughs> it really is. And it's funny because like I tell people, you know, don't write on the val- uh, on the internet to find validation because people are terrible, but writing on medium blogging, just about me and my life and who I am as a person um, and seeing the really great response to that, kind of makes me feel like I'm a badass and I'm, it, it really did give me the confidence that I, to embrace, you know, my very messy me, Yeah, you know, and I didn't have that before. Um, it really, it like changed my life, but, um, that is something that I say, and I tell myself all the time, like, if this doesn't work out with somebody, that's fine. I'm fine. I was so afraid to think that I wouldn't be fine, but I'm totally awesome and that really quiets the whole like anxiety yeah of things yeah but um I don't know one of my big expectations for the next person that comes in my life is that they have their own life and they are doing their own things and they're independent and I'm independent and then but then you get into that bad habit of like why haven't they texted me today you know why haven't I heard from them and I'm like I want them to have their own life. It's like counterproductive. Right. It's like, I want you to give me attention, but then I'm like, you can't have, you can't have it both ways. Right. right. So I'm very happy that, you know, the person I'm interested in has their life and has everything going on. And so right. I expect that, you know, I wouldn't want somebody to text me and be like, why well, haven't I heard from you today? Oh yeah. You, you do that. Bitch, I'm busy. Oh, like, I'm out of here. You, the, I hear yeah. that message and whoo, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. I do not want exactly. to take care of someone else's emotional baggage. I have enough of my own. Thank you very much. Yeah. So if, if I don't want somebody to do that to me, then like, why am I all concerned about it? It's, you know, but it's, it's fixing your thoughts, you know, it's retraining yeah. the, and that anxiety comes from fear and like, Oh my God, did he find someone else? Oh my God. Like, does he not have room for me? Like, right. Which then goes back to fear of you being enough with you. 
really if you strip the next layer off the next layer is that i'm afraid that's what that idea i brought in about perfection is i'm afraid that as i am right now the imperfect self isn't enough and so therefore i've got to do all this work to keep people in my life because if i don't i'll lose them no mm-hmm. every one of us every one of us is stinking awesome just the way we are i think that i think the fear of oh my God, I'm going to be alone forever, um, causes people to make those bad choices and those bad habits when it comes to dating, um, like settling. Settling is a bad habit. Like that really is like a legitimate, like that is a habit. You are telling yourself that you can't survive alone. So you're going to settle for somebody who's not the perfect match for you. And it's not true. Exactly. I think- if anything, this past year being in a pandemic has taught me that like you as well, I know that we're, we're badasses on our own. I yeah. don't need a man. I might want one, yeah, you know, but I don't need a partner. Right. And a lot of people have not come to terms with that. Right. I and I've even discovered, I don't need a single person. Cool. I'll send you some kids. <laughs> I don't need them either. No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love my kids. That was but... my honestly, actually, that was my absolute, absolute worst fear. Mm-hmm. I always thought it, you couldn't go worse being in solitary confinement. Well, the pandemic for me has been a form of solitary confinement. Now, granted, I have the internet, and I've met you, and you, you and I built a relationship in this pandemic, and we've not met in person, but we have this really rich, rich relationship that's come out of it. So I've not been alone, alone with nobody. But I have been alone in the fact that I get up, I go through the day, I go to bed, I sleep alone, I get up, I go to, I mean, there's no one in my life other than two hours, maybe three hours a week, I see my kids. But outside of that, I see no one. So I've discovered I'm okay. I've discovered that life can really be awesome. I can, I can find um, contentment and satisfaction and happiness on my own, doing my own thing. I know how to reach out and make relationships and build relationships. And that has been life-changing. I have never, I'm, I've lately started saying, I have never been happier in my entire life. Truly, truly happy. And it's come in the midst of one of the loneliest, not lonely, most alone times in my life. I've never been more alone in my life. But mm-hmm. this has been a gift, honestly. This whole period has been a massive gift to me. I was just talking to somebody about that and I always feel bad saying it because this year it's like 2020 as a whole has been hell for a lot of people and I'm like it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me yeah and I hate to say I know people lost people and I hate I I know I know and that's awful and and thank god nobody in my I haven't lost anybody but but yeah it's me too me too it's been a big gift huge gift I never thought I would say that a global pandemic has been a gift. Like I am completely sympathetic and empathetic to how it affected everybody else. Um, And, but yeah, I was just talking to someone about like, I have learned and discovered more about myself and it may have happened without that because I'm pretty isolated anyways. Um, But maybe it wouldn't have, and maybe not to this degree. So the fact that it like, did evolve me as a person is making me really excited for the next chapter right. of my life. Me, right. Me too. 
Yeah, me too. And and yeah, I, I think I may have tried to learn some of it on my own, but I know it made it faster. And I, the reality, it's the same for me. My life's not going to change a whole lot after it ends either. It's going to continue to look a lot this, the same way as this. I'll just have more ability to go out if I want to, but there's not a whole lot of reasons to because I work from home. So, um, and I work for myself. All of that makes it, you know, much of this is going to continue. But yeah, it, it has been life changing. It was it, it took for me something I actually had true existential fear. I mean, like death grip level fear about and then forced me to face it head on and to do it day after day with no necessary end in sight. That wow. That's changing, you know, that really changes your life. I know because like so when I started when the pandemic started I told you know I told a lot of people like I homeschooled my kids I worked from home it really didn't alter my life that much I wore a mask I wore a mask to go out and I didn't go out maybe as much but really honestly my year probably would not have looked as different as it did but the vast amount of like personal growth and change that happened because of it um was just insane and i i basically it told me you know you can do this all on your own you don't need anybody else and that was literally the biggest lesson i've ever learned that has helped me kind of shed bad habits and self sabotage like self sabotaging behaviors like cuz i for the longest time most of my behaviors was just like i was afraid to be alone i was afraid to think about all the crappy things I've done. And, you know, even thinking about this past weekend, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have texted that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you do the, I'm sorry. I got a little too drunk last night. <laughs> Ignore text that text afterwards. Night. I didn't mean to send that. But the best, the best part about it is the guy that I'm talking to was like, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You went wild. Everything's good. <laughs> I was like, this, see, yeah. that's the point like that that's how you know that that person is like okay we're good you know exactly. I didn't do anything wrong a little embarrassing whatever you know and then you move on yeah. but before I would have never I would have never faced I literally probably would have never talked to him again mm -hmm. because I would be so f afraid of his judgment and I would have and it could have ruined something great I would just wow. would have been too afraid to deal with it wow it's wow. amazing how much fear can keep you from doing something, even though it's like the tiniest thing. I know, you know, I know. Well, I think we're coming up on our takeaway, aren't we? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. And that, and you know, I, I hear both of us saying, figure out what it is that you're afraid of and then stop running from it. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't move into it yet. Maybe you need to pause and just get used to what it is and put words to it and understand it better. But then when you have those opportunities, when it comes up, don't let it control you. Don't, don't move off. Don't move back. Don't let it control you. Just stay present and ride it through and see what happens. And it is amazing. It is amazing. I mean, for me, you know, that I didn't panic around the pandemic, that I didn't start like uh, trying to rehook up with old relationships as a way to rescue myself. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I just kept going, the, going forward. And this is what I often would say when I get scared about the future, I say to myself, can you survive today? Yeah, yeah, I can. Mm -hmm. no, it, today's fine. Today I can manage. Then don't think about tomorrow because really all your task is today is today. So handle today yeah. and let tomorrow handle itself. And then tomorrow you can ask yourself the same question. Can you handle today? That's all you're asked to handle. So that's how I coped with it. I made it really small really small. 
Yeah, it's, it's baby steps. And I think, you know, being able to look on my past and really come to terms with, you know, the shitty things that I've done that I've been afraid to deal with, you know, I was just afraid to be self-aware, I think. Um, I had to do that in baby steps too, you know, and there's still, you know, I, I'm a former addict, so I'm clean. And I, you know, there's still things from NA that I take into my daily life, which is making amends. Yeah. That sucks, but it needs to be done. And there's a reason that they, you know, they say that you should do that. And it's, it's a freedom thing. I think, you know, it shows that not only have you faced the behavior, if you're really truly making amends with someone, you're saying that you're going to change, that you're going to amend your behavior moving forward. You're not going to continue to do those things. But you can't do that unless you really understand why you, you know, you did the thing in the first place. But yeah. it takes baby steps to look in the mirror, yeah. be like, okay, I did this. You know, I drank too much. Why did I do it? Why do I need to apologize? And then I'll do better next time. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So, I love that. That's great. Yeah. So much. There's so much power in some of these simple things, isn't there? Oh yeah, for sure. It really is. is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been a pretty deep and awesome conversation today. I'm so glad that you got to listen to us. Don't forget to um, look down below and you can follow us on social media and um, we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.